What's up, team? Welcome back to the Movement Performance Podcast brought to you by The Movement. My name is Don, and with me today, I have Jess Mailer. Jess, how are you doing today? Good. Um, I have a half day, then I have a burrito bowl for lunch, then I'm going to hit the climbing gym. So all around good day. Yes. What about you? Sweet. Yeah, I mean, we've got snow, and I'm, I'm the kids are going to be finishing school kind of early today, and I'm going to get them out to the hill. So sweet. Um, head, out, head out skiing with the kids. It's always always good when we, we can get out locally, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Jess, I'm, I'm more excited even than usual to have you on the podcast today <laughs> with, with today's topic. Um, you know, for those of you that don't, don't know, Jess has a, uh, a really strong background in concussion management with a, a huge portion of her, her caseload managing really complex concussion clients um, for, for a number of years. And so um, today what we're going to be discussing is concussion management and specifically acute concussion management. So, you know, what do we do in those early days post concussion first, you know, 24 to 48 hours and then through that sort of first uh, seven to 30 days even, right? Um, and then, you know, what what are some of the maybe the drivers of, of persistent symptoms and stuff? Yeah. So I think this is a really important topic because a lot of times when I'm seeing those more chronic cases, what happened in the first part of their concussion really kind of went wrong. And a lot of times I can drive things or make things go longer. So I think having everyone on board and being aware of what to expect or what to do is really important. Um, so do you want to maybe go through what a concussion is and then we can get started there? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess like where I'll start is like describing it to uh, to our listeners the way I would describe it to a uh, to a client right so um, when we have a, a head trauma or an impact or a quick acceleration deceleration force on the head um, basically we end up with with the cells having a little bit of shear force where they sort of slide and uh, it stimulates an electrical storm in the brain which leads to you know, a really overabundance of ex- energy use and leads to a bit of a kind of energy trough, I sometimes describe it as, right? So within the first 48 hours, we, we sort of see this dip in energy where symptoms are sort of progressive. Um, and then we hit the bottom of this, this uh, energy deficit. And that energy deficit is something that will... Um, inherently recover across uh, usually about 30 days and within about 10 days in general people are often asymptomatic but that's for me like one of those really important periods where people need to know what's happening and what to do in those those first 30 days would you add anything to that Jess? No I think it's just really important to like reiterate that it's not permanent damage to your brain Mm -hmm. because that's when people kind of can spiral um, so I think like that's an important part of the uh, education piece. Yeah, that psychological concern, right? That mm-hmm. that fear and anxiety that they have, you know, brain damage is is for sure something that we need to do a better job as health professionals allaying, right? And yep. so, um, you know, yeah, m- making making really clear that this is not like dead brain cells. This is brain cells that like all fired at once, and now as with every cell in our body, you need to they need to use energy and you know, um, getting energy into the brain isn't quite as 
direct as maybe getting it into our muscles. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but um, why don't you talk a little bit about like what post-concussion syndrome is? Yeah, sure. So post-concussion syndrome is when, you know, your symptoms are lasting or things are being affected for greater than 30 days. Um, a couple different systems can be driving this. So we'll touch base a little bit on each one and what you might experience um, for all of those. So the first one we'll talk about is the metabolic system because as athletes, this is really important to you. So if you're finding when you're doing exercise, whether it be strength training or aerobic training, you know, you're getting maybe dizzy, lightheaded, or you're just unable to do it, you feel like your heart rate's maybe not responding appropriately, that can be a sign that your metabolic system has been affected. And um, that can easily be assessed with um, a treadmill test and exercise can be prescribed to deal with that. Um, but that's one we can commonly see in athletes. Yeah, I always I always say devils in the details with right in, in, in devils in the dosage rather. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, or sometimes we say like the poison is the antidote, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Um, you know, people get back to exercise and the, they spike their symptoms, and then they're like, oh, I guess I can't exercise because it's mm-hmm. bringing all my symptoms, or they just keep pushing through, right? Yeah. Um, but either way, again, that the devil is really in the dosage there as to the knowing how much is the right amount to move the needle in the right direction. Exactly. And that's all heart rate based. So it's something you would have to get tested, but, yeah. or you can do rate perceived exertion, but totally. But, but I mean, honestly, that's data that every athlete I work yeah, with they seems, should to have. Have, seems to have that going <laughs> yeah. on. Right. So, um, it's just a matter of, of sort of having the, the objective, um, you, that objective feedback is easy to have. It's a matter of like knowing where you where you want to be hanging out. Yeah. Right. Um, so let, let's go into like a couple of the other systems that, that can be affected or driving that post-concussion yeah. s- syndrome. So the next one would be your visual system. Um, so anything that has to do with your eyes could be driving some extra symptoms, whether that be, you know, reading, um, using your screen, it can be even like scanning a busy environment. So your eyes having to jump back and forth. Um, all those things can drive, you know, it can be like headaches. You can get some dizziness from that. Um, that's something else we can address with some exercises. Yeah. Yeah. And so oftentimes when, when I've uh, on the more mild side of things, um, you know, obviously when people get headache or dizziness or, you know, blurry vision and stuff like that, when they're, when they're, when they're doing those activities, it's very apparent to them. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I think often goes undiagnosed on the more mild side is, <clears throat> excuse me, when patients are just experiencing undue fatigue from those activities. Yes. Right. Yeah. And and that's when I find people are like, you know, I had this head trauma and, you know, ever since then when I'm, you know, in busy environments or whatever, I, I just like, I, I just feel wasted, you mm-hmm. know. Um, just totally gassed out of energy afterwards. And, and so I, I find that that's an important one as well. Yeah. Um, and so kind of in conjunct with the visual system is the inner ear, right? So our vestibular system. Um, and so what are some, <clears throat> what are some signs that that, like what might people be, how might people be presenting if their vestibular system is affected? Yeah. So uh, with that one, it's a lot to do with like how your head's moving in space. So, you know, it could be maybe you're running or walking and you feel like the world is bouncing. That can be one that people describe or they're turning their head and they're getting a lot of dizziness or even like um, some video games or TV where it's kind of like you're the first person and things are like moving around. I think 
I don't know, Star Wars might be an example where you're in the ship and it's driving me. I can't really think of any good ones right yeah, now. Yeah, we're, we're not really gamers, are we? No, I'm not a gamer, yeah. <laughs> um, but that could be an example if you're having symptoms with that. And most of the time with this one, it's dizziness. You can have some fatigue from it as well. Um, yeah, and I guess with the vestibular system, I think it's important to like differentiate um, sort of more vertigo versus dizziness, right? A lot of people yep. sort of overlap them. You know, dizziness is that sort of sense of, um, standing up and getting lightheaded, whereas whereas vertigo, which um, again may be a presenting symptom if you have inner ear issues post concussion, is more that sort of swimming in space sort of feeling that you know. Um, or the room lie, spinning. Yeah, lie, lying down and everything's moving around you sensation, right? Um, but that that doesn't have to be present for the vestibular system to be involved as well, right? Um, do you want to touch on the cervical system at all, like your neck? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, um, I think I think anytime that somebody has a concussion, they inevitably, well, they de- definitively have a whiplash, right, um, which is trauma to the neck, muscles and joints, right? And so the, just the, strictly from forces, the research has shown us that, like, the forces required for a concussion are much greater than the forces required for a whiplash in the general population. And so um, pretty much any time that there's a concussion, we're going to have neck symptoms. The trouble that I often see is that people, because those symptoms are very physical, they're palpable, people can feel them, right? They're like, oh, when I move my neck, I, you know, and that kind of drives my headache. What I see is that people do a great job getting their cervical symptoms or their neck symptoms managed, right? You know, they're seeing a massage therapist, a chiropractor, an osteopath. Um, they're stretching or doing some self-massage, whatever. They're doing a lot of management of that, but their symptoms keep cycling back. Um, and, you know, maybe, Jess, you can quickly touch on why that happens when people have, like, um, eye and ear issues post-concussion. Yeah, so when you're not kind of using your visual or vestibular system to the full potential, you have a lot of reflexes there that go in line with your neck so when your neck turns a certain way your eyes kind of go the opposite direction at a certain amount so when those reflexes aren't firing at 100 percent your neck movement's going to be influenced and that can cause you know the neck pain to come up or that stiffness to feel um, and kind of drive some symptoms but if you don't have your visual and vestibular system addressed these symptoms will just keep happening in your neck and you're not really addressing the root cause if you're only working on your neck yeah, and I think it's probably pretty easy for um, for a lot of the athletes and listeners to, to connect the dots between the visual system and um, the body, right? I mean, when you're when you're spinning uh, for any sort of athletic endeavor, it's like you know, lead with your eyes, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's those reflexes coming into play that you're that we're that we're trying to uh, to integrate into athletic activity, right? Um, so I guess I guess the final one we sort of referenced briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier on, which is the importance of education, understanding what a concussion is, what, why I might be experiencing persistent symptoms, and that, that clarity which gives us comfort and confidence that this is something that's going to recover. Because if you don't have that, um, you know, I can't count the number of times that I've had people come in who are dealing with post-concussion issues and there's so much fear around activity and movement and they've put barriers and blockades on themselves uh, you know and they've lost such a huge amount of who they are yeah right? they almost start to identify as a concussion as opposed to like whatever they were in, like whatever their hobbies were or their passions were before 
So that's why this first education is really important. Totally, totally. Um, well, why don't <clears throat> I think that's really clear as to like what a concussion is and post concussion syndrome. Mm-hmm. Why don't we move through and like go into some signs, maybe some red flags as to like, hey, what are some signs that this is like really bad and I need to get into uh, an emergency department and, and or a, a physician to get this screened? Yeah, sure. So if in if any of these symptoms that we're going to talk about now come up, it's definitely like head to the ER and um, tell them what you've been experiencing. So blurred vision or double vision, um, loss of consciousness, a worsening, unrelenting headache, um, trouble speaking, whether you're stuttering or you, you're having like a lot of trouble finding your words or your, your voice quality's kind of changed. If you're with friends, they'll be able to tell yeah, you that. that. croaky sound. Exactly. A common one, yeah. Yeah. Um, trouble swallowing. So it could even feel like you have a lump in your throat. Um, you should get that checked out. Um, any facial changes. So if you're like a droop or something like that. Yeah. If you're with your friends and they're noticing your smile looks off or, you know, you're having trouble maybe like opening one of your eyelids compared to the other. Yeah. The old pirate eye. Yeah. (laughs) Um, any changes in your pupil, you would likely need to be with a friend for that. But sometimes like what you might experience is just like a lot, a lot of brightness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess those people that are changes would be like maybe, uh, a really super dilated people on one side and and a normal uh, yeah, reactive people exactly. on the other but it's kind of like unreactive like it doesn't change with light yeah right? um if you're noticing any balance issues so if you're having a lot of trouble walking you feel like you're falling over yeah like um, really drastic ones yes. like not just like subtle subtle things yeah like sort of like you think you're walking straight but you're actually walking on, yeah. on an angle exactly um, yeah and then any like change in your heart rate, if you feel like it's racing or it's going really slow. Some of you might even have a watch on to monitor. Mm-hmm. That's another one you can look out for. Yeah. And I think that's more of like a yellow flag probably because that can yeah. also be related to um, the metabolic stuff that we talked about before, mm-hmm. which is a really common side effect. But, you know, anytime we're thinking that there's something going on with the heart, it's definitely worth having it screened. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then another uh, one I normally get checked is if you're vomiting a lot. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know that's when to see a physician what about like you know how do people know when they should um well i mean my perspective is that anytime you've had a head trauma you should get screened by you know uh, a trained concussion professional somebody who who knows what they're talking about from an education and mm-hmm. an early management perspective but you know what are some what are some really um more objective signs aside from just having an impact yeah um so if you're having headaches with any kind of activity so whether that be aerobic activity, you know, just going out to the grocery store, anything like that. What kind of troubles are you talking about? <clears throat> um, like headaches, you're disoriented, you're dizzy. Um, if you're noticing any of that while you're out and about. Yeah, even nausea, I guess, right? So yeah, it's nausea's like, another good one. Yeah, all, I guess at any, time, any of these things that we talk about, it's like what you're looking for is that sort of like headache, dizziness, yeah. nausea um, as your... Um, or lightheadedness, right? Which I guess is dizziness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then if you're noticing like changing your like cognitive abilities, maybe your thinking's feeling a little bit slow. Maybe you're having more trouble. If, you know, if you're talking to your friend, there's like sometimes words you can't find. Mm-hmm. That can be a fatigue issue that could be driven by your visual or your vestibular system or something underlying that we could address. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So anytime that like we're getting like uh any of those symptoms or even fati- extra additional fatigue with like visual challenges, whether it's yeah reading or computer mm-hmm. work or busy environments, um, for, for sure. Yeah. 
And then the last one would be same thing, like balance issues. Um, that's something we can re- address and it's better if we address it early on, especially doing your sports is really important. Mm-hmm. So that's another good one. Yeah. And I mean, often, honestly, most often when there's <clears throat> balance issues involved, it's usually because there's some visual or vestibular stuff going exactly. on. Right? So, <laughs> um, it just kind of directs us in, in, into which systems might be, might be engaged. Right. Well, what are, I mean, so we kind of referenced that post-concussion syndrome and persistent concussion issues um, are most often be driven because of like poor early management. Um, and so, you know, what what sort of things do you see in the early management phase that, that set things on the wrong trajectory? Yep. So we either see too much activity or too little. I feel like the it's one... straightforward. Yeah, pretty straightforward. <laughs> I feel like the one we see the most is too little. Um, so the old kind of like remedy for concussion used to be like go in a dark room and stay there till your symptoms are better and then come out and the world's going to be great. Um, fortunately, that's not reality. Yeah, you, you gave me a pretty good um, analogy to that um, at, at some point recently. Oh, yeah. So you can think about it if you were to, you know, tear your hamstring doing a sport and then you laid in bed all day for like a week, it would probably feel pretty good. But then when you got up to do your activity, it wouldn't go so well. So, you know, you need stimulus to heal your muscles. You also need stimulus to get over your concussion. Like your brain needs you to be doing things in order to like fully recover and get your all your systems firing again like they used to. Yeah. Yeah. And I find the big, the big thing that I find about people who are doing too little is, um, again, when they start to go back to things they're more apt to experience symptoms and start to put these barriers on themselves yeah. and start to lose um, their identity and develop a little bit of a deeper psychological driver of, of their concussion symptoms, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, which, which, you know, I mean, as a physiotherapist, that's that's when I find it the most challenging when there's these really deep-seated psychological, um, you know, expectations around symptoms and such yeah because it's, it's similar to that like in it, if, you go ahead, if it was a hamstring injury you'd be doing exercises where you're feeling your hamstring working a little bit when you're working with a concussion you you know you're going to feel some symptoms mm-hmm. as long as it's not too much and they're recovering quickly yeah it's like a good stimulus to get you better same as same as for muscles right yeah we always say yeah. like you've got to challenge it to change it right exactly and yeah so um it but as, as I said earlier, it's about, it's about the dosage, right? Yeah. Um, you know, um, I always, I always tell patients when we're talking about exercise and they're like, oh, well, I, you know, I can, I can, I know how to exercise and it's like, cool. Yeah. Um, that's great. I, I agree you, you do, but with regard to, if we're thinking of, you know, rehab exercises as medicine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the dosage is really, really essential. And the guidance around that, that dosage is really where our expertise lies, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you, you don't just take as many blood pressure pills as you want when you're trying to manage you know, yeah. your blood pressure, right? <laughs> it's just, you don't go by feel necessarily, yeah. right? You know, there's, there's some nuance to, to that. Yeah. Right? Okay. And then we'll go through a little bit about too much. So this is generally someone who's you know, pushing through everything. They have symptoms all the time. They're super fatigued. And eventually just this kind of like leads to the point where they just can't get by anymore or they're having a lot of trouble performing like they used to. And that's just like, they've really, like their fatigue is so high and their symptoms are so high that nothing's kind of going well for them anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, 
my personal preference is that people err on the side of more than less. Um, I, 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 <laughs> the same way, but you have to also be safe. There can be no risk of hand contact for 30 days, but yeah, yeah, to totally. Sorry. I mean, as far as, um, yeah, like pushing, pushing into a little yes. bit of symptoms yes. as opposed I to agree. being fear avoidant of them. I yeah. just find those people tend to be a little bit more responsive to, to treatment when we, yes, when they we do, do, a little when bit we better. do get them in, um, it tends to be a bit of a faster recovery. But, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, so I think we just started to get into it, but like, why don't we, why don't we talk a little bit about like more modern recommendations? You referenced sort of the OG sort of, um, management strategy that, oh my God, I can't believe how often we still hear people having those recommendations told to them. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, dark, dark room, rest, um, you know, blanket statement, no screens, no reading, no, mm -hmm. no this, as opposed to being like, cool, you know, your visual system's involved and you're struggling with your eyes jumping back and forth. So probably reading is something that's going to be challenging for you, but, you know, listening to podcasts would be a great stimulus for your brain. Yeah. Or, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, a little bit more nuanced. So, so yeah. why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, what modern recommendations are? Yeah, sure. So um, one of the most important things is actually that you do start some light aerobic activity below your symptom threshold within the first, like usually within a day or two of your concussion. Um, it's actually shown to increase your recovery and less chance that you're going to have prolonged symptoms. So this can be like generally I tell people, you know, you might be starting with a walk 20, 30 minutes long. You can hit a quiet trail, a road somewhere. Just don't go where it's really busy and see how you feel. Um, how, how how much in that early phase, like how much symptoms are okay? That was terrible English, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, I generally say, you know, you can feel like maybe some head pressure come on, like a little bit of headache, but I want it to kind of calm down within 10 minutes of returning. Right, so you use that sort of, um, that rebound afterwards as, as your primary exactly. sort of indicator of was that too fast or too long? Right? Yeah, because I find with concussions, sometimes people have a really hard time putting a number on their symptoms. Mm. So if I do it by the recovery time, it's pretty clear. Yeah, yeah, I, think, I like that. Um, so light aerobic activity really as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, what about, you know, oftentimes people are people are told to like um you know s make sure they're, they're getting woken when they're sleeping and like what well, let's talk a little bit about sleep because i think that's a pretty important yes yeah. so <clears throat> we know it's a fatigue issue so sleep is really important so we don't really have people waking you up every hour anymore because we know a full night's sleep is actually really important mm -hmm. to get some of your energy back um and a lot of times people would kind of like nap as they wanted until they felt better but new recommendations say you know in the first 24 to 48 hours it's okay to nap but after that you need to start cutting it out because if not you can throw off your whole sleep cycle and then we'll have people that are up all night sleeping during the day sure, and then it's a yes, mess they're getting, they're getting like the, their biggest blocks of, of sleep are actually end up being junk because they're napping all day and so they're not really getting through their their sleep cycles and exactly um, I mean, so that's really interesting. Something I want to comment on about the full night's sleep and, you know, not waking uh, the people. This is assuming that you've screened the red flags. Exactly. Right? Yes. You know, let's 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 assume that we've cleared all the red flags and it's like sleep as much as you want yeah. through the night, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Great. 
um, and then the light aerobic activity. <clears throat> what do you, um, so as a, as a clinician, obviously, you know, we're big advocates if you've had a concussion that it's really important that you get in to have an assessment. And why do you think that's so important from a kind of lifestyle modification perspective early on? Yeah. So, you know, if someone comes in and I'm noticing a lot of things with their visual system, then we're going to be more mindful of their screen time. Where if someone comes in and I screen their eyes and they're not really having any symptoms from that, everything looks like, you know, they can move back and forth really well, they can track really well, then I'm not putting a ton of modifications on their reading or on their screen time. So it really helps you instead of saying like, none of this, none of this, none of this, you can really base it on what they have going on so they can still do some things and still have some stimulation to their brain. Right, right. And even even getting that... Uh, um that that treadmill test that you spoke about yep. getting getting that done early on gives us a sense of like you know how much cardio is okay what heart rate are we are we comfortable with you working at right so giving a little bit more clarity around that early management and you know oftentimes like green lighting you to probably do a little bit more cardio than you know we might start with if exactly. you know from a general recommendation perspective right yeah um yeah yeah cool yeah. Um, what about, you know, so, you know, obviously in the, in the media as a huge topic is second impact syndrome, right? Um, so I think that's a really important piece to, to talk about. Yeah. Um, so if you, like generally we talked about, you know, that full energy doesn't return for 30 days, um, at least 30 days. So, but symptoms often decrease or you stop having symptoms around the 10 to 14 day mark. So even though your, your symptoms are better, your energy still hasn't returned to normal. Mm. So if you were to have a second impact during that time, you know, maybe like within like the 14 days to the 30 days, you could still have a, like a, a way bigger drop in your energy if you were to get hit in the head again. And then a bigger chance or a greater chance that you're going to have like post-concussion syndrome or like some longer issues or things that take longer to recover. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, let's, let's just like put silly numbers out there, but say like your drop in energy was like 50 points on your first concussion and yeah. you've recovered, um, you know, 25 of those points and you have another 50 point impact. Yeah. <laughs> you know, again, this is not, these aren't real numbers, but yes, just kind of way. give people some visual, right? Now you're, now you're in a deficit of 75 points and you're no longer at a 30 day from that second impact recovery you're you're maybe at um you know like a 45 or a 60 day recovery right yeah exactly and so it, it's that sort of like short term versus long term slash medium term perspective on things right yeah um cool well i think that's that's great i mean obviously we could go super deep on concussion there's so many facets that we could take uh take on this but really the goal today was to to summarize like what a concussion is you know what a concussion isn't not permanent <laughs> um <laughs> you know, what, what are the drivers of prolonged concussion symptoms? And then what do we need to be doing early on from a management perspective? And I, I think what I can take away from this is, um, you know, sim symptom limited activity and get in to get screened so that you can be as specific with your recovery as possible. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jess, this was fun. Um, it's, it's always great having you on here and you're, you know, the depth of knowledge that you have around concussion is, um, you know, certainly appreciated in clinic and, and, you know, I, I think it's going to be really fun to continue to dive deep into, into concussion. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Stay on the move folks.